Welcome into Two Four Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of Two Four Drafts, a Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. Mike and myself are here in Cincinnati, going through every single team in the NFL, current players who is a lock to be a Hall of Famer, who needs more work, who has no shot. Which teams have Hall of Famers currently on their roster? That's prime off-season, preseason content at the back end of the show. Interviews with West Virginia head coach Neil Brown and Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich. Let's get it. Mike, before the show, we were running through some of the best college game day hype songs that have been run by ESPN and the like over yeah. the past few years. Can we start with 2018? 2018 was Imagine Dragons, Natural. natural. That, that was one, electric. I like Every Saturday, I felt like I was sending you Snapchats of me screaming, you're a natural, <laughs> too. It was great. When they played that, even in the commercials, you're just like, you're a natural. And it just, everyone's just light. You know, that's the song needs to be. You yeah. need to light the fuck up. When yeah. that song hits. What are some other your favorites? One of my favorites was Silver Scrapes. I think it was back 2013, actually. That looked deep it, up. it was cut. that deep. But that one really hit. Uh, but this year's, they just announced, that's why we're talking about it, is Run It by DJ Snake. It, it's, it's not it. It's, it's solid. Okay. But it doesn't compare to the, the all-time greats. If we're talking about, obviously we're talking about the Hall of Fame today, it's not going to be a Hall of Fame. Uh, ESPN College Game Day song. That's for damn sure. No. I think the other thing that uh, Quinn mentioned, producer Mike Quinn, who's back there without a mic, but he's there, 30 Seconds Tomorrow's Walk on Water. I think that was, I, we listened to that one a little mm -hmm. bit before. I was a big fan. We sound kind of like pieces of shit for this. I feel like we sound <laughs> like white pieces of shit for this. I mean, we have a vested interest in how good these songs are because. I feel like the DJ Snake one's Because gonna we're going to hear me, them though. a thousand times. Yeah. You know? I think it could grow on me. It's because I feel like it, it better. It better. better. It's gonna have to because <laughs> we are gonna be live ninety five college game day. That's a great way to start. I got pretty jacked up for this, and that's why I not the smelling salt. So I'm excited. Uh, Hall of Fame players on every single team. I'm glad we we did this. I when you originally pitched this idea, I wasn't super sold on it. I feel like so before we get into this, I personally kind of hate how the NFL does the Hall of Fame. Like really? How, by how automatically putting in players every single year, like they don't like. I feel like when you automatically set mm. that you are going to put players in every year. Baseball doesn't do that. Like baseball will go okay. for like multiple years. Like so no one's going in. That's fair. I think NFL, the fact that like there's like a minimum that goes in every year is kind of absurd because then you just end up putting people in. Like you're just like forcing people in every year. But then so baseball. So I like it because it doesn't give football writers a heightened sense of self-importance. If you look at baseball writers and oh, how yeah. they like act as if they're the gatekeepers to history, mm -hmm. how they're voting for and like intentionally not voting for guys who took PDs or whatever, making political statements with their votes. It it puts too much. It gives them too much power. Yeah, I like five guys every year. It's five guys, right? Yeah, it's five. Sure. At least five, guys five but more people go sometimes. Five guys every year. I'm a. I, I like that. I'll just say I like that more. I don't. I, like I personally don't. I think putting in five guys every year is kind of dumb. Like this upcoming year, before we get into these, like I think the people who are eligible, Steve Smith Sr., Anquan Bolden, I think there's a hand. So, I think the Vikings tweeted out Chad Greenway. Oh, no, no. Okay, so he, that was <laughs> what I was going to bring up. It was a goddamn Bleacher Report. Has this whole list of people. And then adds Chad Greenway to the mix. Which he might get nice, in, though. I was like, going to say, I it's mean, nice like, to see that Chad Greenway is running Bleacher Report social media now. <laughs> nice to see he got a job after, after football. But here's my take. I wasn't immediately like, there's no way he gets in. Like, they let fucking anybody in that thing. If Zach Thomas isn't in yet, who's like the quintessential 
I don't want to say that type of linebacker that was going to be racial in nature, but like the quintessential rack up tackles, but not valuable tackles guy at linebacker. If he's still not in, Jack Green was definitely not fucking getting in. What's your take on Steve Smith Sr.? I want him in. I love. Yeah. I just love him as a person. I mean, the yeah. fact that we meeting him and talking to him, I think he's also. I mean, he's also. I think the all-time scrimmage yards leader in the NFL. Oh, scrimmage yards the worst stat. Okay. Um, oh, and you're gonna say the Hall of Fame's not looking at that? They probably are. They showed up it, for that Eagles guy that let in. No, no, no hate on the Eagles guy. I don't. It was like the tallest receiver to ever play or something. Well, he's like six eight. The, the Carmichael. Okay. Carmichael yeah, gets yeah. in. I never watched him play. He played in like the 70s or something. Yeah. But they showed his stats on why he got in. It's like franchise yards leader. It's like, okay, <laughs> like this is the NFL Hall of Fame. Like, where does he rank compared to all the other receivers in the NFL? Yeah. But anyway, we're off, the, we're off the bashing here. Let's go ahead and jump to uh, – I always say jump. Let's go ahead and get to the NFC North. We're going to start with your Packers, your well, Green well, Bay Packers. Let the people know also that we're doing this because we're recording early. Oh, that's right. Scheduling conflicts. And so we'll get to all the recap from this past weekend's action. Yeah. I'm actually going to show. in Nashville. So the reason we have the scheduling conflict, I'm going to in Nashville, the NCAA summer meeting for all the awards and the, yeah. the awards list and stuff. So I'll be there, the Maxwell, nice. all that stuff, which would be cool. And, and I'll you, be you're what PTO or I'm going to Brady Quinn's charity golf event. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very so. cool. Um, update also on the rebrand August 23rd official. It's ready. We're ready that we're a couple pieces away. We're trying why we're talking songs too, is we're trying to figure out what that opening song's going to be. <laughs> it's not going to include a burp. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be live. I'm excited, man. I we vote, got uh, Puff Daddy's bad boy for life. I don't, if we could use that, I would be down. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention before we get into this too is we're going to be in Champaign, Illinois, mm-hmm. August 28th, week zero, in the press box. Where I grew up. I went to high school in Exurbana, but and I grew up in Muhammad, which is outside of Champaign, but those are all very close to each other. We're going to do some social media around that. We're going to be there. We're going to plan out what bars we're going to be at because we're definitely going to be at bars. Joe's. Maybe new cams, but pro- probably not. Probably heard it sucks. All right. Well, we'll figure it out when we yeah. get there. Let's start with your Green Bay Packers here. Who on the current Green Bay Packers roster do you feel needs to be in the Hall of Fame conversation? All right. So I broke it up. I, I have five different categories here. Maybe five's too many, but I have way lo- too many. I have Locke. I have needs a bit more. So that would be a guy towards the end of his career needing to like extend it and play. Um, who would be a guy that fits into that? Maybe like four or five more years of quality play. Mm-hmm. We'll get to them when we get to them. Um, great start. On pace, if they keep going at this pace, they'll be Hall of Famers, story guy. Um, long shots, maybe guys who are like in the middle of their career who really need an uptick or something, but are maybe in the conversation right now. And the close but no cigar. That would be guys towards the end of their career where it's just great players, Hall of Very Good, don't think they're Hall of Famers. So can that's just, how I broke can it Can we up. just kill those last two? No. What do you want in the last two? I mean, I don't want long want, shot or close no cigar. You just want no. I want guys who are either need a bit more, a lock, or great starter on pace. Okay. Close but no cigar or the right. Chad Greenways of the I'll just say the, the last two is just no. Yes. Not no, in. exactly. Not in. All, All right. right. So we Green got Bay Packers. Categories. Who are your – Who's Packers. in the conversation? Conversation. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, duh, lock that. Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander. I threw in Elkton Jenkins and Kenny Clark. Those are – those were the long shots. That's why I have the long shots. Those are guys who are hot starts to their career. Uh, I think both are very much long shots. I think David Bakhtiari – Needs a bit more. Devontae Adams and also the need a bit more. I don't think either of them ultimately get in. Jerry Alexander would be in the group. You don't think Devontae Adams gets in? I don't think so. You think about the log jam that's going to happen at wide receiver here coming up with this group of guys. The amount of wide receivers I put down on this list is kind of insane. I'm interested in 
that we're going to go through here. There's a lot of guys that are in the conversation. Devontae just didn't start off hot enough. I mean, he yeah. didn't really blossom until what, year four? Something like that with the Packers. So I think him and Bakhtiari need a bit more. Jay Alexander, I would call him on pace, but he's four years. This is year four in his career. Like, yeah, he's on pace, but. It's also such a volatile position. Exactly. A lot of things can happen since then uh, in the upcoming year. So my comments on that. That's how I would settle those. Aaron Rodgers, obvious lock. Put the jacket on him now, regardless of whether or not not, not he wins another championship. I I would throw Devontae Adams, honestly, in this on pace tier. Ooh. You know, I I, I agree that he started late, but I think if he can maintain, you know, this, if he can be – I know it's hard to be Julio Jones, but if he can be a top three receiver as long as Julio Jones has, starting from last year and the next three to four seasons, that would be, I think, putting him in the conversation or firmly in the conversation. David Bakhtiari is going to get in. The offensive line stuff is an atrocity in terms of the Hall of Fame voting. And David Bakhtiari is one, super notable. In addition, like from like a notoriety and awards and like people know who he is standpoint Mm -hmm. matters. And that matters when you're voting for this, you know, kind of not superficial, but like, High-level award for Hall of Fame. And I do think he also has the stats to back it up. PFF, obviously, is big on David Bakhtiari. He's been one of the best, if not the best, pass-protecting offensive tackle over the past five, ten years. I mean, that's how good he's been. So I think David Bakhtiari and Rodgers, I would call the closest in this to being locks. I would say Bakhtiari is closer than Adams. Yeah. Because of the competition there. He has two first-team All-Pros, three second-team All-Pros. He's obviously gotten that recognition via the media. Adams, he only has 2,000-yard seasons. Fair. And now... uh, uh, two very close, 200, two 997 yard seasons. But I will say the thing about Adams, he came out young. He's only 28, has years left. So if he plays into his mid 30s, high level, yeah, then we'll talk. But Bakhtiari, only 29. I, I, I agree, Bakhtiari's closer. I think that's good discourse. That's All good right. discourse around the Packers. Let's go Vikings now. Vikings, you have listed here. Go, I, you read this off. I, yeah. You have Justin Jefferson on here. Oh, is my he bad. already we're, on a pace, or what is this? We, yeah, we weren't going to talk about rookies or guys just finishing their first year. You need to see it for more than that. But, I mean, 1,400 yards, hard to call that fluke. Like that's a, I just don't want to bring pace. up gold jacket around Justin Jefferson right now. As okay. good as he was last year, I yeah. just feel like it's kind of fucked. Daniil Hunter, in the mix, I, I don't think he's – I wouldn't even call him on pace, but the thing is he's, what, still 22? What is he? He's still, I think he's 20, 25, 26. 26 now. So he's still extremely young. If he plays for a decade more, he will rack up a lot of sacks in his career. I mean, the last two years he played, he had 14 and a half sacks. So yes, the PFF grades would not support a Hall of Fame fantasy, but again, still young. Patrick Peterson. Lock. Lock. I, I think it's a lock. Him, Richard Sherman, two best cornerbacks the last decade. We're obviously not going to talk about Sherman because he's not on roster, but lock up both those guys. Those are Hall of Famers. Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. You got a lot to go. I think Kendricks was too far behind the eight ball with the slower start to his career. I think Harrison Smith could, but that's a guy who's going to need longevity on his side to do so. He's going to need to play until like he's 34, 35. He's 32 right now, but already hasn't been, already is past his peak, I mean, in terms of grade wise. So he'd be consider in the consideration, but he needs, he'd be in that need a bit more category. What about Dalvin Cook? I don't don't think I put any running backs on here. <laughs> but no, I, I put Dalvin uh, Cook's definitely on pace. Definitely on pace. Yeah, I, I'd say Dalvin Cook's on pace. But now that's pace is tough at pa- running back. That's this the biggest thing with running backs is pace is so tough. I think the only one that really has Frank Gore is Frank Gore still in the NFL? That's yeah, not, yeah, he is. Right? Is he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he is. But is, I think Derrick Henry kind of right now is like with a 2000 oh, yeah. season. He's the one who in this group right now that I would say. 
is there on pace. I think Eric, the fact that Eric Hendricks and Harrison Smith are in the conversation again speaks to like just how open the Hall of Fame can be sometimes because I think mm-hmm. they will be in consideration, especially Harrison Smith. Yeah. He has that notoriety. He has been, you know, you know, the best safety in the NFL at one point, you know, especially from PFF grades. I think he won Defensive Player of the Year from PFF one season a few years ago. So I do think that Harrison Smith is more in the conversation than Eric Kendricks, but Kendricks is a damn good linebacker. I just don't think he's Hall of Fame caliber. He's not. Harrison Smith won the Dwight Stevenson in 2017 because Sam. Decided that. The PFF Dwight (laughs) Stevenson. That's right. That's right. All right. Chicago Bears. You have listed here Allen Robinson. I'm not going to read that second name. He's not in the conversation. Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack. All right. The second name was Roquan Smith. There's just no way. Yeah. There's just no way. I agree. I mean. He's not even in the conversation. He's not even near the conversation. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Allen Robinson has the. Now. Wish he would have played for any real quarterback, but now he maybe he is. Maybe he will be with the Bears for a while. Another guy still young, only 27. Um, I wouldn't call him on pace, but he's a great start. I would say Allen Robinson's going to be that guy when we're both 40 and still single on the banks <laughs> that we say Allen Robinson's not in the Hall of Fame but should be. When those tweets come out and they're like, who's That's not right. in the Hall of Fame that should, should be? be? Allen Robinson's going to be one of those guys because he was that good. Yeah. But he's never going to have the numbers or the stats or the notoriety. I mean, he has the notoriety, but he's never going to have the fame and the all pros mm-hmm. to really get in, especially. And I don't think, I, I think you brought up a good point. There's such a log jam at wide receiver. There's going to yeah. be so much talent banging on the Hall of Fame door to get in to where the Allen Robinsons of the world are just going to fall out. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I wouldn't even call him on pace right now. No, sir. The, the one big year hasn't lived up to it since then. Khalil Mack. Lock. I, yeah, I think Lock. I don't, I'm not sure he needs to play anymore. I think Khalil Mack would be in the Hall of Fame. I think that's how good he's been over the course of his career. Now, it would be a short career. It'd be like a Patrick Willis-esque uh, sort of candidacy. But, I mean, Khalil Mack's going to have some more good years ahead. So, I'm not too worried about that. He's a lock. Yeah, I would say Khalil Mack is a lock. Getting that defensive player of the year. He's been one of the, if not the best player at his position for multiple years. I think Khalil Mack, yeah. lock. Detroit Lions. There were some slim pickings for some teams here. You're telling me the team projected to have the second fewest wins ahead of the allegation-laden Houston Texans doesn't have a ton of Hall of Fame talent? Doesn't have a lot of future Hall of Famers now. Lions great Adrian Peterson is probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. Yes. From last year. But he's currently a free agent. I think he's going to retire. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Frank Ragnow, good start to his career. A top five center in the NFL right now, pretty comfortably in the in the sort of argument for best center in the NFL. If he can keep that up for the next five to 10 years, then yeah. But a long way to go still for him. He's a long way out. You put Roquan Smith on here and didn't put like Trey Flowers for the Lions. Like Trey Flowers is a better no. candidacy than Roquan Smith. That's no. Okay. All right. Agree, disagree. It's because it's Roquan's still young. Yeah. And oh, it's okay. top 10 pick. Fair, top fair. 10 pick, you play well. The prestige. Like, put Devin White on here, too, because it's like top five pick, top Kill 10 me. pick. You play well, at, even close to well. Yeah. Like, people don't there are people they, who think Devin White's Devin still White, the best linebacker in the NFL. Well, I was right going to say, Devin White's going to be, if he even puts together a solid career, is going to have a better Hall of Fame candidacy than Levante David on his own team. Even though Levante David, I'm going to say, should be a lock on this. But we'll get to that one. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We're, we're, well, they're, we'll next. Get there. The they're next. The Bucks are next. The Bucks are next. Uh, you got Tom Brady, lock. We don't even have to fucking have the conversation. Rob Gronkowski, lock. That's obvious. Then you have Mike Evans. I'd say, again, if it weren't for this logjam at receiver, I'd almost be willing to 
have a little lock conversation around Mike Evans. He's been dominant. He's, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know think why, lock, but... I think Mike Evans might be one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. Yes. Like, am I, am I high? Seven straight years of 1,000-yard seasons. And I might tweet never that, been man. done before in NFL history. Like that, he... Now, in this day and age, obviously, receiving stats are different. I don't think anyone's ever at any point considered him a top three wide receiver in the NFL. But at some point, consistency has to win out. And he's only 27 with seven straight seasons of 1,000 yards, about to turn 28. But that, to me, how many more? Three straight, three more 1,000-yard seasons? If he goes three more 1,000-yard seasons, I'd call him a lock in a row. Ten straight 1,000-yard seasons start your career. That's, that's a lock. Yeah. No, I agree. The other players you have listed here, Tristan Wirfs, yeah. probably too early. Too early. Mate, on off. pace because he had the best rookie season we've seen from a tackle ever. Sure. Ali Marpet, no. Mm. Nam Kong Su, he has the That variety. one's a good conversation. Yeah, that one's interesting. I'm not, again. He will, I don't think he'll get in first ballot because people hate him. And rightfully so. I mean, he seems from all his on-field ants, he's a dick on the football field. I don't know, I'm off the football field, not to speak to that. But on the football field, it seems like dick. But... The dude was one of the most consistent and healthiest defensive tackles. I mean, we've probably that we've ever seen. He played over 900 snaps every single year for like the first eight years of his career. He would just, the dude did not come off the field. Uh, a very, never elitely dominant, never like close to the Aaron Donald tier, but I think he's got a shot. He's, what were, what were my two other categories that you made me delete? He's in one of those. Long He's shot. He's in the close, but no cigar right now. But I, th- I think after a ring, has the notoriety. I, th- I think he ends up getting in. And when he does, it's going to be an exclamation point on why I think this Hall of Fame process is kind of bonkers. I don't think Kong Su yeah. was ever a Hall of Fame talent. Like, I don't. And But again, it's like an interesting process that the NFL goes through. You yeah, have Vita Vea. JPP, Levante David, and Devin White. The only person I even want to co- have a conversation around. Vita Vea, maybe, because he's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. But, but Levante David is the only one who I think actually, you're going to say he's a lock. I'd say Javante, Levante David's a lock. He could retire tomorrow. He should be in. Um, Vita Vea, nose tackles is just so tough to predict. They just they get hurt, and they, they just can't hold that level of play at that weight. But Levante David, I'd say f- probably half his career he was – top three linebacker in the nfl i think that's a lock you got you look at the generation this past generation of linebackers luke keekley bobby wagner levante david like the for the teens the two the 20 teens i think that's those those are the three that you let in from those from that group yeah, I think they're all Hall of Famers. No, I, I yeah, I, I would agree with Wins you. I think Levante Bowl. David yeah. needs to uh, another underrated player. I think, J- yeah, yeah. Go ahead, keep starting. No, I was saying he's just an underrated uh, player. JPP, I was gonna say Hall of very good. I don't think he's Hall of Famer. Hall of very good. <laughs> I think I'm in the Hall of very. Love good. Love saying the Hall of very good. It's one of my favorite phrases. All right. Uh, I mean, for perspective on nice Levante David, he's been one of the highest graded linebackers in the NFL for um, the better part of the past few seasons, and I do think that you know, looking at his grades. Um, this past year, 78.8 overall grade, 88.2 in 2019, 76.1 2018, 90.5 in 2017. He's all all four of those years excelled in coverage. And even back in 2016, has 74.0 PFF grade in coverage. He's never been, and, never been a liability in coverage. And I think the, the selling point to Levante David that doesn't get talked about enough that guys like Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley never had to worry about, 
what five different four or five different defense coordinators he played under playing fucking lovey smith um now todd bowles like vastly different schemes and he's still grading out an elite level like yeah. that the fact that he's done that i think is an unsung hero yeah we're really pumping up levante david Sorry, but i mean man. someone should we get to. some levante david jerseys i don't know <laughs> new orleans saints you have michael thomas tron armstead ryan ramchick eric mccoy alvin kamara cameron jordan marshawn Lattimore, malcolm jenkins can i say something yeah only person on this list that I even feel that I okay, maybe not the only person. The person I feel best on about this list making the Hall of Fame is Cameron Jordan. Ooh, really? I think Cameron Jordan. I think Kamara. Maybe I was gonna say Jordan. I think maybe ends up in the Hall of Very Good. Really? Yeah. Wow. You, you don't think he'll ever? Events from this era. He's kind of in that second tier of. That's another got, underrated player in the NFL. Yeah, he really is. But I think he just might end up coming short because you got Von Miller, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt. All locks from the past decade like and then you have there's some who else was uh, on this list that was defensive ends that were like in that conversation or chandler jones is in that conversation chandler jones gonna have more sacks than him over the course of his career so there's he just might be a little behind the eight ball in terms of the log jam in his position but i think he, i think he's deserving i think he's in that he's got a good case but i still just think he's kind of on the outside looking in as it stands right now. I think Lattimore is trending in the opposite direction. Yeah, Lattimore, great start to his career. I, I wouldn't put him, I wouldn't even put him in the on pace category, but he's obviously in the conversation. He's still a very talented dude. I think Kamara could be a near lock situation for the notoriety aspect. I think you could argue Kamara just been, needs health. Yeah. At this point, eight year career of what he's done, he's in. Anyone on this list worth And then the Teron Armstead. The conversation's there, but man, he's, if he just could have stayed healthy. If that dude, him, uh, Ramchick probably would be falling to the on pace. But if Teron Armstead, one season over the past five where he's played 900 snaps, like he just misses so much time year in, year out that, and he's already 30 years old, that unless he really extends his career out to, you know, Andrew Whitworth levels, like he's out. And then Malcolm Jenkins, Hall, very good. Just a very good player, but it was too up and down at, uh, over the course of his career. Need to get to this here before we move forward. College football season is just around the corner. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting is putting new players in the center of the action with two hundred dollars in free bets instantly if you bet one dollar or more on college on a college football game. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States. So it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF. That's PFF to receive two hundred dollars and free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We are on to the Carolina Panthers. You have listed only three names. Tight group. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Brian Burns. Only player on this list that even makes sense to have a conversation for is Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Brian Burns is not even on pace. He's been good, but he's not even on pace. And DJ Moore, I wouldn't even argue is on pace. Yeah. He's been good, but is not on pace. Yeah. Because um, what Moore tops out, is there any list in the NFL today that would put DJ Moore's top 10 wide receiver? Yeah, if it, that's like part of it. It's like, it's not only, I don't believe in just pure longevity. Like, 
like Frank Gore's Hall of Fame candidacy. Yeah, he put up insane numbers, and he's going to probably end up in the Hall of Fame. But if you were never but for like that, that position, guy, I think longevity matters. I mean, all position longevity matters. But like how long he's been in the NFL is kind of absurd. If you were never that guy at your position, though, I struggle to call you a Hall of Famer. You're not that guy. He's not that guy. So, yeah, DJ Moore, if he's not, unless he takes, I mean, he could. He's 24. Uh, he could obviously still improve. Probably is still improving. But McCaffrey will have the leg up because of pure name recognition. Obviously, his father being an NFL football player, him being a big name, top 10 draft pick at running back, putting up big numbers. Obviously, the injury has to stay healthy. But, yeah, I would put him at on pace. If he, you know, his 18-19 splits, what do you go for? Almost 2,500 yards between those two years rushing. Um, 22 touchdowns on the ground. Obviously, a lot as a receiver as well. Almost 2,000 yards a receiver. That pace, four more years, he's probably in. Would you call him a lock? I wouldn't call him a lock at this point. I mean, lock is the guy's in if he yeah, retires yeah. today. It has to be a lock. So he's not a lock. No, he's not a lock. I wouldn't call him a lock either. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. We're still in the NFC South here. Matt Ryan. Ooh, this is an interesting conversation around Matt Ryan. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Grady Jarrett. I wouldn't argue Ridley's on pace. I would not argue Grady Jarrett is on pace. I think Matt Ryan is the only one where you can start to have a conversation. Or where is he for you? He's not a lock. I, I, on pace is even an interesting conversation. I think he's a lock. A lock. Now, he, that's, he's going to play two more seasons. You would, I mean, think that's his contract. They has to play two more seasons with him. Um, he plays two more seasons at what we've seen. He won an MVP, went to a Super Bowl, and was never, I mean, a very consistent career. He's the Frank Gore of quarterbacks. He was, I mean, he, he won an MVP, so he, he was at some point. Yeah, yeah, he was. There were he a won few years where he was a top five sort of quarterback. I, I think he's, I think he's getting in. I wouldn't call him a lock because and I think it's bullshit that he, even some people think he's a lock. Matt Ryan was not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Matt Ryan is not and has never been a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. There, just... how many quarterbacks in this era? So think of the last past fifteen years. Okay. Would you rather have than Matt Ryan? A ton. I mean, like at least like eight, maybe no. ten. Name the eight. There's no way it's eight. I would have rather had late career Brett Favre. Okay, well, Brett Favre's awesome. I know. You, get... got, you got Manning. You have Brady. Obviously, you have Rodgers. I think you go. Philip Rivers has been better. You like Rivers better? They had very similar careers, I'd say. Similar careers, except for Matt Ryan won an MVP and went to the Super Bowl. I'd have I to look at the numbers. The names are, are escaping me right now. Maybe yeah. I'm high, but I, I just. I get, but I also think maybe I have too high of a prestige for the Hall of Fame. Like I don't know. Like is maybe Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer because the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Lame. Maybe the Hall of Fame is oh, actually wow. the Hall of Good. You just like second grade insulted the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hall was... of Lame. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just calling Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer just like I feel like makes the entire like Joe Montana's in the Hall of Fame. Like there's where the, there needs to be hall, there needs to be two different halls. Tears. Like, oh, okay. You yeah, can't so. have. You can't have Matt Ryan and Joe Montana wearing the same fucking gold jacket. Like, that makes no sense to me. I don't know. Like, they both have the same bust. I feel they both like... Both have the same... Like, that makes no sense. Okay. I, I'm just saying, I think he's going to get in. He's going to get in. That's bullshit. All right. People are debating Eli Manning, but Matt Ryan's a lock. Well, I mean, Eli Manning should not be in, but yeah. No, I disagree. Eli Manning should have has a better candidacy than Matt Ryan. All right. Now we're... Now we're... <laughs> okay. You, so you put more weight on postseason performance. Versus. I put I put a good amount of weight on postseason performance. Okay. Beating Tom Brady, they scored it, like thirteen points in the. Or they didn't score twenty in either of those two Super Bowls, or what was it? 20, 13, 16, 13? Going going no, they're the same score both times. Right? Going and beating the 18, 17 and 0 Patriots was dope. Or eighteen and 0 Patriots was dope. 
Yeah, because the Patriots scored, what, 13 points in that game? Yeah, it was freaking Eli Manning riling that team. There's more quarterbacking than just fucking 21 17 leadership. And 17 14. You're going to put the quarterback that crumbled away a 28 3 loss in the Super Bowl in the Hall of Fame? I mean, might as well just throw out the entire thing. Just let anybody in. Fucking let Devontae Freeman in. Devontae Freeman's a Hall of Fame back. Like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I'm not with it. Get off Your the- counterpoints have just been like <laughs> so out there. Um, oh. All right. Anyway, NFC East. <laughs> Washington football team will start. You have Terry McLaurin and Brandon Scherf. Yeah. I, these are, I was just searching for guys. I, I don't think either. Is <laughs> Maybe really. Ryan Fitzpatrick's actually the Frank Gore of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, talk about surviving. Could be. Uh, McLaurin. I don't know if I'd call him on pace. I don't think he's on pace. I wouldn't say he's on pace. It's a great start to his career. You need a lot more to keep Scherf going. Scherf could get it because he's got the pedigree. Scherf, top 10 pick. What has he got? One All-Pro this past year. A few Pro Bowls. He, he's still a ways away. And the thing about Scherf is he's really like old. He came out like redshirt senior. And so he might have like four, three or four more years left. He's already 29. He's. I wouldn't even call him on pace either. I don't think... We talk about the guards of this era. It's going to be Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda, then now Quentin Nelson, who he's going to be going up against. And that's kind of how it like ends up going in the Hall of Fame. You're like, who was he compared to the guys in this era? Yeah. And I don't think he's going to be in that mix. Where would you rank Matt Ryan in this era? I think we have to have that conversation again. Like, right. Is he top five? The era. So I would go over. back to like 2005. So when five. was he so drafted? Bree- so- he was drafted in 2008. Breeze. Brady, Rogers, Manning, Russell Wilson, Peyton, Russell Wilson, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I'd probably say I have better Hall of Fame candidacies. That so seventh, yeah, in that era. Is there anyone else? Seventh, I'm the, the, does the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the era make the Hall of Fame? My opinion is no. Yeah, I mean, it's, did win an MVP. Did win an MVP. Great. <laughs> I, I agree. That's like the best. Yeah. That's the best counter argument. He did win an MVP, and, and, and he's it, never been horrendous. Yeah, it's like you're debating between him and Philip Rivers. Yeah, who would be the other guy that you put there? MVP, kind of a tiebreaker there, and like going to the Super Bowl versus never going to the Super Bowl. So, I, I think he gets a. Oops. We got to stop talking. About we have that. to stop talking about Matt Ryan. All right, New York Giants. Yes, you have Kenny Galladay with a question mark. Where yeah, you, should, you should throw more question marks should, behind these other names too. Yeah, Leonard Williams, James. This this isn't a trash. This There's is a not. trash list. Leonard Williams, James Bradbury. They're not, that's they're Giants don't have Hall of Fame. Sorry, there's no Hall. They were going to be on my my long shot lists that I. Well, the long shot list is dumb. It's done. Um, I don't I just think the Giants give everyone a little something. Okay. Who's who's the best player on the New York Giants? Right now. Gosh, that's a tough question. Kenny Galladay. Um, when healthy, but the hamstrings, man. Probably. Probably my boy Julian Love. No. Um, God, I'm trying to think. They really... James Saquon, Bradbury? Saquon for a respected position, but... Yeah. It's probably... Or Dexter Lawrence. Fair enough. Talk about first nose tackles, but... That's... It's like a running back in a nose tackle, you know. That's... It's not... Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper. Probably not a lock. I'm not going to say a lock. I love Amari Cooper. But I would say... On pace. Would you on pace? I, th- I don't think he's on pace. Really? Never. I mean, had, I think, again, I think I'm being biased. Season. I'm being biased. I've always liked Mark Cooper. I, I love Mark Cooper. Never had a 1,200-yard season. Had that kind of lull with the Raiders where it was like, what the hell happened? Just the inconsistency. The Raiders happened. He's going he's gonna to have shedding that sort of inconsistent label. 
it's going to be tough. He needs to be the um, best receiver in the NFL for a couple of years. He, ne- he needs to really start lining it up to get in the conversation. But yeah, I would agree. That's fair. He, he's kind of, he's going to be another odd man out of this just log jam of wide receivers that we're talking about. Dak Prescott. I'd say he's on pace just because you're a quarterback at the Cowboys. Wow. You know? Wow. Name recognition. That helps. But on pace, meaning 10 more, you know, like they're, you're so, he's so early in the quarterback life cycle compared to like all Fair. these other quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, 36, what is a decade on him already. So Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, locks. I'd say locks. They played with the Cowboys so, and they've been legit like at the top of every list for offensive linemen for a long time. Yes. I'd say locks. Tyron, Tyron, Tyron kind of has the Tron Armstead thing of hurt every year, but I think people recognize that. Tyron was the unquestioned best tackle in the NFL when he was healthy. Yeah. That, I don't know if he's ever, we're ever going to see that guy again, but yeah, he's been insane. So the unquestioned best apparel sponsor for two foreign drafts is Homefield Apparel, new partner for two foreign drafts, this podcast here. It is a premium collegiate clothing brand out of Indianapolis, incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield is in the middle of Big New Saturday, season two, where they launch a new school collection every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time for 16 16 weeks straight. They just released Kentucky, Wisconsin, and Florida, but this Saturday, we've got the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're going to be banging the table for JT Daniels this year, do it in some home field Georgia Bulldogs gear. Use promo code PFF and get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. That is promo code PFF for 15% off. Get ready for college football tailgate season. And we are on to the back end of the NFC East here. NFC East season. Philadelphia Eagles. Brandon Brooks. Lock. You think so? Jason Kelsey. Lock. Jason Kelsey's lock. I'd say Brandon Brooks is a bit of a long shot. Hall of good? Point. Hall of very... I mean... I don't even know if we'd put him in the Hall of Fame. A few good years. Hall of Lane. A couple good ones in Houston. Obviously, he's been excellent with the Eagles, but I just don't think he's going to have the breadth, and especially after injury. I'm not sure he comes back the same guy. So him him and Brandon Graham, I think it relegated to the Hall of Very Good. I think Fletcher Cox could get in. His peak was maybe not long-lived enough, but I think he has a chance of getting in. Zach Ertz, I don't think, is getting in, and Joe Flacco better not get in. He's not getting in. I don't think Joe Flacco gets in. Yeah. I don't think Darius Slay gets in either. Yeah, I don't think Darius Slay does either. Hall of good. A lot of good players. I think Jason Kelsey, though, is a lock. And I would, I mean, maybe Brandon Brooks isn't a lock. But I do think he's been that. It's tough because he's been so talented but also unhealthy. He just doesn't have the – and the name recognition is going to hurt him. It yeah. just was never – was not a – what was he, a late third-round pick coming out of Miami right up the road here. Not the not the U. It was the Miami of Ohio, Miami. So <laughs> – and obviously being a guard just never really got never really got pumped up until too late in his I'm career. I'm dying too. laughing at one of the names you have on this next list. All right. Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, I'd call a lock. Yeah. DK Metcalf on pace, but on he pace. needs to play a long time. And he's a freak of nature. To maintain that level of athleticism and yeah. health for as long as he needs to is interesting. Dwayne Brown. Frank Gore t- tackles. I don't know. Maybe he's the Frank Gore 30, tackles. About to turn 36. Has played... 13 years in the NFL. All of them solid. None. Yeah. Now really. he wants more money, too, and Seattle's kind of icing him. Well, he's 36, about to be 36. <laughs> I don't blame him for icing Bobby him, Wagner, but. linebacker, lock. Lock. 
Gabe Jackson is a joke. And the fact okay, that you put him on this list. The fact that you put him on this list. I wanted to have a conversation, incredible. all right? What conversation? What's the conversation around Gabe Jackson? He hasn't been a top how many more five. How many more years does he have to play to be get in the Frank Gore Hall of Fame Cassie? A decade more? He's 30. What if he plays 18 years? If he plays till he's 45, I'll consider it. But there's just no way. There's no way. Los Angeles Rams. All of somewhat good. All of okay. (laughs) All of of above average starters. Rams. Yeah, Andrew Whitworth, obvious lock. Name recognition, the consistency, all of that. 100%. I think he deserves it. Matthew Stafford, stop. And if he's playing football, which he will be, at age 40, because he turns 40 in December, if he's still healthy and playing football and you hear Andrew Whitworth playing football at age 40, still well, it's going to be, one, fucking awesome to see. Two, I actually made a joke about that four years ago when he signed with the Rams. I'm like, he could pass protect until he's 40. And now he's about to be pass protect until he's 40. Um, Incredible. He deserves to be. He's, been, he's graded really well late in his career, too. Yeah. He has not, like, fallen off a cliff. 86.8 in- overall grade last year. That's absurd. Absurd. And the Cincinnati Bengals let him walk. Well, they thought he was, Quinn. They thought he couldn't pass protect until he's 40. I did. Meanwhile, the reports out of Bengals <laughs> practice yeah. are like Joe Burrow's scared out of his mind back there. Have Man. you just read some of those reports? Just a full, like, a little oh, sidestep yeah, here. Yeah, he's they're not. talking about the Bengals' offense like they're scared out of their mind. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow screaming at receivers, scared to get hit. They're, some of the beat reporters are saying the Bengals' defense is just rising up. But if that's the report, I'll tell you right now, the Bengals' defense did not get good overnight. Luan Arumo fighting for his job came to, play, came to scheme this year. This next no. conversation will be good. Matthew Stafford, no. 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 You don't get Matthew Stafford or Ma- and Matt Ryan – you better not get both. Stafford's a decidedly worse career than Matt Ryan. One hundred percent, decidedly. So you could argue arm talent, or in in one play or one game, maybe you want Stafford over Ryan. A handful of execs said that this past offseason in a I, number I will, of polls. I will say he could flip that sort of narrative. It's only thirty three, and he's going to obviously the best situation of his career. So if that changes, I like the could flip tier. So he could flip, but. He's not even on pace. There's no... If he just continues his pace, the rest of his career, he's not getting in. Aaron Donald, I don't know. <sighs> he was a lock. How, how many years into Aaron Donald's career was he a lock? That's a good question. That is... Uh, how many years did you need to Probably see it? Probably five years, and we could have said Aaron Donald. Five years, and he's in the Jamal Charles conversation. Of just like... Say he like had a career-ending yeah. injury. So his fifth year was when he had 113 pressures. <laughs> After say, that, he, could have been, he just could have gone in. This past, these past four, five years, 105 pressures, 80 pressures, 113 pressures, 102 pressures, 81 pressures. Mm-hmm. He's never had a PFF pass rushing grade below 92 since his rookie season in 2014. His level of dominance is understated at every, every time yeah. you bring him up because you really can't speak to just how hard it is to grade this well for that consistently at his size. Again, I mean, the guy who's undersized at a pit or whatever, obviously his athleticism and stuff makes up for it, but man. Can't touch him. What he's done is absurd. What he's done is absurd. Next one on your list here, Jalen Ramsey, pace. Definitely pace. How Name recognition, years? Five prestige. years in. I also think league respect matters. Like a lot, yeah. like the league would call him the best corner in the NFL. So I think three more years of this, of this level of play, and you can put him in, lock him up. 49ers, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Joey, Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner. I don't know if any of those are locks. Would you say Trent Williams is a lock? Oh, man, Trent Williams... He's in the conversation. I, I, the, the, he's, he's kind of in that Tron Armstead where the health is a concern. But if he plays two more years, 
So what he signed that contract in was it a three year deal he signed? I think it was three year. If he plays out this deal at the level of play we saw from him, he's in. He's obviously about to turn thirty three, but if he if he can play at thirty five at this level, I think I think he's in. Kittle, I'd say, is on pace. Bosa, I mean, obviously, if he just continues that rookie year, he, he would be on pace. And then Warner is is close. I'll say he, he's close to there, close on pace. He just really had a breakout this past year, so we'll see. I do think there's a lot of really good players on the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. I wouldn't say any of them are Hall of Fame locks. I think Kittle, well on pace. Bosa, still very young. Yeah, Kittle I mean, just needs to stay healthy. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, he's getting in if he stays healthy. Arizona Cardinals, to wrap up the NFC West here. A.J. Green. Hall very good. Hall very good. Yeah, I don't know. He's not going to be. Sorry. They just don't. He could, though. Could. So, a decade almost of quality players drafted, 11 only started to fall off, I guess, 2018, 2019. So maybe it was more like eight years, seven years quality play. Average probably around 1,200 yards over that span. Going to get to over 10,000 receiving yards in his career. That used to get you in. I, I don't I don't think it will, though. I just don't think he's going to make the cut, sadly. Sorry, Mike Quinn. DeAndre Hopkins. He's getting it. Lock. I think DeAndre Hopkins lock. Kyler, no, not even on pace. He, this, he needs to comp- – he, he's a flip – person he needs a flip this whole start has been not good mm-hmm. i mean it's okay but has not been anywhere near the hall of fame conversation jj watt lock chandler jones chandler jones is going to be an interesting one because in terms of just sack production i mean he's going to be up there he's going to have over 100 sacks he's going to be he could end up he plays a few more years he could end up top 20 all time sacks list one one simeon rice is 20th 122 sacks that's if he gets into that range, I could see it, but he's going to need he's 31 right now. He's going to need to probably play until he's like 34, 35 to really get in that conversation. So I could see on pace for a long career for Chandler Jones, but I wouldn't call him anywhere near a lock. Yeah. The only locks on the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, AJ Green, I think is interesting. I think, I, I think I understand why you're not calling him a lock, mm-hmm. but I also think he's got the pedigree to potentially be like that guy when he is eligible. A lot of people will be talking about AJ Green. Yeah. We're on to the AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben, Locke, TJ Watt, Pace, Minka Fitzpatrick, not on pace. I'd say probably on pace. On pace? Also, I mean, just like positional or franchise recognition of you're playing safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to be talked about a lot more than if you're playing i hate so, that that's an argument but it's it true. is it's true i hate that it is. I'm, I'm not saying it's not true i hate that it is but it's not true and nine picks over the last two years with steelers like that if he can continue four picks a season i, I think he'll get in now he's obviously only three years in his career he's a long way to go but i, I think he's the pace is there all right baltimore ravens the only player i put for the baltimore ravens was lamar jackson but I think you could also include Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. Marcus Peters. I, I wouldn't put even Peters on pace, I would say. Really? I, I don't think he's he's just kind of too inconsistent. He's not going to get not gonna get a lot of love from reporters too. Yeah. If you've seen any of his interviews. I'm what about sure Ronnie Stanley? Ronnie Stanley maybe another pace candidate. Ronnie Stanley possibly pace, but he's tackles offensive line, unless you're that guy at that position, longevity. Like unless yeah. you're Zach Martin, uh Travis Frederick. Unless you were the unquestioned top at your position for an X amount of time, 
you got to have 15 years. So it's a very young team. It's a very young team with a ton of talent. Lamar, yeah. Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, like their best players are still like very early in their careers. So mm -hmm. um, anyone else there that comes to mind? Clays Campbell what is, is a on, tough one. He's not on the, is he on the Ravens again? Yeah. Oh. He would be in the PFF Hall of Fame. For sure. I give you that. Dwight Stevenson Hall of Fame. Dwight, yeah. For which we need to start up at some point in the PFF Hall of Fame. But real Hall of Fame, I don't think he gets in because he's kind of that tweener position where he's not going to have the stats. Yeah. Because he was on the interior. Hall too of much. Dominant, though. I mean, he's been yeah. dominant for a long time. Like yeah. very good for a long he's been the hall of very good and also like the hall of very good and consistent like that's he's yeah. had a long career he's had a very good career 13 years i don't know like NFL. that's that french hall of fame player where it's like i'd rather see clay's camel get in than matt ryan i'd hope he gets in. i hope clay's camel gets in. but <laughs> friend of the pod but i i oh he's obviously a friend of the pod also yeah. best voice in football I, that's a factor yeah. you want that hall of fame speech but, but so, like, here, Clayce Campbell. Now, they played somewhat different positions for a while. Clayce Campbell did play on the edge. But Clayce Campbell or Cameron Jordan. That's what I was talking about. Who are you going with Clayce Campbell or Cameron Jordan in that conversation? I think if I'll go Cameron Jordan. Them. Cameron Jordan? Okay. It's tough, though. That one's tough. All right. Browns. OBJ? No. Not on pace anymore. What Jarvis Landry. Don't even stop. <laughs> Don't. I think even. the only one that I have here is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, I think, is not a lock. But he's on a Khalil Mack level for start. Sure yeah, for sure pace. I don't think that one's necessarily even close. Denzel Ward could feasibly, needs to obviously improve. Nick Chubb, I think could get there. Health, obviously going to be a factor there, but he's going to be a top three running back whenever he's healthy. That guy's a fucking alien. So those are the guys I would say. What about the line? Why Teller, Batonio? Batonio would need... He's never been that dude again. Like he would need longevity. I, I don't think he's even on pace though. Cincinnati Bengals and Jay McClowney definitely not. Yeah, no, not Sadly. a chance. That would be an embarrassment to the league. Sadly. An embarrassment to the hall. I can't believe I went on that rant <laughs> about <laughs> he wears the same jacket. <laughs> Sounded like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know who to put here. Lou Anarumo. I mean, this is this is a diff Zach Taylor, the twelfth man, the the Bengals fandom, Queen City, we deserve to be the in. blind pig, the bar across the street. I mean, I don't know who's in the Hall of Fame. This one is a slim. I put Joe Burrow, pickings. but that's he's not even on pace. He's not even, it's a joke. I mean, Jesse Bates is probably their best player, respective to the, their position right now. And what three years in, I can't even call him Hall of Fame pace. So, yeah, no, no dice for the Bengals. Sadly, that's the they have the fewest Hall of Famers, right? They got one. Who? Uh, Anthony Munoz. Oh, that's right. I think that's it. And no Chris? Mm. Not until he might make it as a contributor. Oh, he's so. definitely going to make it as a broadcaster. Yeah. He's like multi-Emmy award winning, bro. You said probably? Are you going to get fired? <laughs> he's definitely You're in, gonna Chris. Make I got it. you. I got your back. You're in. <laughs> you you in don't think book. he's going to make it? You're probably. In, no, you're in for football in my book too, Chris, there. What are you going to go like that, that far? I like that. There you go. There you go. There you go. AJ Green wouldn't retire as a Bengal if he was a Hall of Famer. That was that other thing. Do you, you ever read into like who you retired as and all that and what you're going to go into the Hall of oh, Fame as? All don't you stuff. not go into the Hall of Fame? Isn't that baseball you go in with a team, but in the NFL, it's just you go. Oh, in. you don't go in with a team? I don't think you do. Interesting. Baseball you do, though. What, there's a sport where you do. I can't remember, but. AFC South. Choose. Uh, I put Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and then A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's not even in. I don't even argue A.J. Yeah. Brown's on pace. He's just a really talented player right now, and he's young. But Derrick Henry, I would be well on pace. And Julio Jones is a lock. Julio Jones is a lock. I, I think Henry doesn't need too many more years. I mean, the 2,000 yards and the name recognition. And obviously, he doesn't show any signs slowing down. So I think he's 
firmly in the on pace. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I see. Anyone it. else on Tennessee? You're feeling? No, not not particularly. Jeffrey Simmons, obviously, a good start to his career. Too young to say yeah. otherwise. The line, I mean, Taylor Lewan, very good tackle, not on Hall of Fame pace. Danico Autry, kind of very average defensive <laughs> lineman. All um, very average. Indianapolis Colts was an interesting one because everyone loves their roster, but mm -hmm. I was. They don't have blue chip. Yeah, like, I was sort combing of. through it. I don't really feel. I, I quit Darius Leonard. Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, yeah, probably a near lock, if not a lock. I mean, name recognition alone, mm -hmm. I would say lock. They went off a of depth defensively for sure. Quentin Nelson, I'd say. I mean, Lock. four more years and he probably gets in sort of guy. I don't even know how many more years he needs to. Leonard. Leonard's if he got hurt, people would be saying he was like the next coming of fucking John Ogden, <laughs> dude. I, I swear. Larry Allen 2.0. Yeah. Or, or probably more 0.9, but um, maybe DeForest Buckner, but that's a big maybe. He needs another like eight years to yeah. really be. Clayus Campbell but, and Cameron Jordan are going in over Buckner. Yeah, but Dar Darius Leonard, obviously the biggest one after. Um, Quentin Nelson. I think I'd call him on pace. T.Y. Hilton, just another wide receiver in this era left out in the cold. Yeah. Too, too much, too many stars wide receiver. Jaguars were another really, really tough team. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I put Gardner Minshew as a joke, but <laughs> I mean, Hall of Fame social media candidate, but there's not. Trevor Lawrence probably has the best chance of any player on the team. Oh, I mean, quite easily. I don't think there's one that's even on, even like close to pace. Like Josh Allen been solid i don't think he's even on pace miles jack solid wouldn't even say he's close to being on pace it's like yeah. they gotta step the shit up big time to be in the conversation and i wouldn't call both either of them in that realm sorry sorry jags kind of kind of rough kind of in the, the bank kind of unsurprising tender. when yeah, they yeah, yeah. roster reset the way they've done Urban meyer probably the best candidate hall of fame all right uh as we talk about you know hall of fame can see long lasting careers you never know when to start thinking about life insurance. And these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like, when should I start thinking about life insurance? Proud sponsor, Western Southern here. Always sponsoring the 241 Drafts podcast. However difficult these times may be, Western Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience together, we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. I also think it's kind of screwed that you, you are only eligible five years after you retire. Why? No, I mean, like, you, you get five years and then till whenever. I know, I know, I know. I mean, oh. I'm saying, why wait that long? No. Oh. Why do you, you have to wait that long? You gotta long? let it settle. You gotta let the, the whole career... But you don't want these... I, I think for coaches and wash stuff, Wash over though, you. Is the same rule for coaches? You don't want coaches to die before they get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there? Isn't <laughs> it in baseball, it, you, you're off once you die. If you die, you can't get in. No way. Isn't it? No way. Is that a real thing? I thought it was. Quinn, you know... Baseball has some weird fucking Hall of Fame rules. If you die and you're not allowed to get in the Hall of Fame, that is kind of fucked. I'm looking it up. Possibly. I'm looking it up. You're on to the Texans. Read off the Texans while I look up this atrocity if this I, is a I rule. mean, Deshaun Watson on the field is on pace. Will he be on the field much the next decade? TBD. Uh, Laramie Tunsil, I think he's in that Ronnie Stanley tier. I think they both have very similar Hall of Fame candidacies right now where it's like, good start, good job. Not not a decade away, at least. What's the... Before we get to the AFC East, I can't believe this is a rule. So if a player dies within the five-year span, he's eligible only six months after his death, provided he meets the criteria. There you go. What'd I say? 
I just don't understand. Baseball Hall of Fame takes themselves way too seriously. I think that's that's kind of ridiculous. Am I reading this right? I might be reading it wrong. If a player dies within five year within the five year span, he is eligible six months after his death. Provide. Oh no. Okay. So maybe oh. until until it's, if you die, it gets a little extra. You get a little. You get to move ahead of the queue. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I feel like it's an interesting rule for the Baseball Hall of Fame. AFC East. Josh Allen, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. I put those names down for the Bills. You're cheap on Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I mean, they're good. They're good players. I was I was scrambling. Who won the Stephon Diggs? Tredavious um, White? No, I mean Tredavious White's probably has a more legitimate candidacy right now than Hyde and Poyer. Poyer, they're just not good. I mean, they're solid safeties. They are they're in the Gabe Jackson tier of safety. <laughs> That's for damn sure. What about Matt Milano? But, Matt Milano's in the Gabe Jackson yeah, tier of line. I think Tredavious White. I struggled to call him on pace, but I could see him getting there with if his you know game steps up sort of thing. So Josh Allen, obviously, the pace that we saw last year would be on pace. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I think he's going to get lost in the lost in the shuffle. I could see he him really having a good candidacy. Yeah. Would you rather so, put Stefan Diggs or AJ Green in the hall? So so he's going to right now AJ Green, but Stefan Diggs is only twenty seven is the thing. So depends on how long he sort of goes for, but he kind of got. Got screwed when he was rightfully, I mean, like he himself was saying, I'm getting screwed by the fact that he's playing in an offense that wasn't really getting him in the football there in Minnesota. So slower-ish start to his career, only went over, I mean, only 2,000-yard seasons with Minnesota and then obviously led the NFL in receiving his past year. So if that's the guy we see for the next four years, then I think he can get in. Miami Dolphins put the two corners, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard with a question mark. I mean, they're good. Xavier, I think Xavier's in the Tredavious White tier that we just talked about of. I, I could see it. it, could, it no one happen. else on their defense, though, is near it. And then offensively, it's such so much young talent. The entire offensive line is like first, first second, or third-year players. Two, obviously, young player. Gaskin. I mean, it's all. No one else. Yes. Yeah, I don't think anyone else is close. Gasicki? Don't even start with me. All right. New England Patriots. Shaq Mason, I think, is a lock. Stop. Come on. Lock? Come on. I could see him being on pace, but he's he's going to have to play for a, a lot longer. He doesn't have the name recognition either. He doesn't have the name recognition. I could – Dante Hightower, I could see getting in. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't down. call him a lock, but he's – What about the McCourty What brothers? was the tier I had? He if was, you induct one, you have on to induct fence. them both. He's on, the, he's on the fence. I think McCourty – is another on the fence one. Both? Both are on the fence. <laughs> You're putting both in the same. And Gilmore gear. probably ends up getting in. Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, Gilmore's D- getting defensive in. Defensive player of the year. At corner? I think he gets in. Yeah. Stefan Gilmore's a lock. The McCourty brothers. Just you, Jason. Just Jason. I mean, excuse me. Just the other one. Not Jason. Devin. Just Devin. Oh, Guys. just Devin. Just Devin. Not Jason. Damn. Devin. Fence. Firmly on the fence. Him and, him and Dante Hightower, firmly on the fence right now. Could see it. But I don't think I'd put either of them in. I'd have to see who they're going up against. They're, they're in the conversation. Last one here in the AFC East. And I and the, obviously, there's an MVP on the Patriots roster. I don't think he gets in Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh, no. No way. No. Right. New York Jets. This was a tough one. <laughs> Steve Palazzolo will tell you Corey Davis is on pace. Marcus May was just me trying to put a name on this thing. <laughs> and he's good. I'm not saying Mark's yeah. not good again, but like Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame's just a different level. So 
they don't have a guy on pace. Yeah, they no no Jets player. Sometimes it happens, here. but I mean they got their rosters up and coming. But it's there's no shame in not having an on pace Hall of Famer. I wouldn't even call it up and coming. I'd say it's young. We don't it's know up. what's coming. It's <laughs> up. All right, last division here before we break. Get to the interviews with Nick Rolovich and Neil Brown, Kansas City Chiefs. I think you have three locks here. Yeah, I Patrick agree. Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Lock them in. All three locks. Try to kill arguably the best deep threat of all time. Where is Anthony Trash? Where is Anthony Trash? When you need him. When you need him. No. But he's been really good. He's, so I is mean, Travis Kelsey. So is Patrick. He's the Holmes, second honestly. best deep threat of all time. He's exceptional. But yeah. those two, Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. Pace? Pace. Yeah. I'd say they're on pace. And it obviously helps when you're gonna be on a preeminent franchise for I mean, as long as they're on the Chiefs, they're gonna be on a preeminent franchise because Patrick Mahomes is gonna be there. So they're gonna get talked about. So I think both those guys are on pace. Yeah, I would agree. That one's an easy. That's an easy roster to dissect. I think they have. It's a polarized roster. You know, they have like yeah. obvious strengths, and then they have a, like a lot they're of low the, end depth. They're the like them and the Rams. They they have the unique roster building strategy yeah. that they're attacking. Joe Tooney, maybe. Mm. <laughs> He's better than Gabe Jackson. Big maybe. He's better than Gabe Jackson. His candidacy's better than Gabe Jackson. I'll say that. <laughs> Denver Broncos, Von Miller, Locke. That's not, lock. even, that's not even close. Von Miller's obvious lock. Justin Simmons, maybe on pace. Close. I wouldn't even call him on pace, but he's in the conversation. Long shot. Anyone on offense there? Melvin Gordon, long shot. Going to need some more years. <gasps> Melvin Gordon's not a long shot. Melvin long shot. Gordon is not in the conversation. Melvin Gordon is not in the conversation. Bradley Chubb. Do not introduce Melvin Gordon into the conversation. He's not in the conversation. Bradley Chubb, long shot. Okay. He's not what about, oh, here's, a, here's a name that's not going to get brought up because he's not on a roster. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, long fucking shot. He's not getting in. No? No. He's been better. His peak was better that's than Gordon's. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Gordon being brought up was a travesty. I'm sorry. I'd rather talk about Philip Lindsay. All right. Long shot. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen. Here's a take. Lock. Oh. I think Keenan Allen's a lock. He's got the notoriety. People have been salivating over his route running for the fucking last 10 years. I think he's got the name recognition. I think he's so talked about as an underrated receiver in the NFL that he is like he's like legit rated. And I think he's going to be a lock. I, mm, I think he's in the AJ Green tier. No, I think it's better than AJ Green. I, I I think he might end up in the AJ Green tier. I don't think so. I think I think the way Ooh, they're going to be talking about Keenan Allen as a route runner after five years after he retire is going to be Edgar Allan Poe poetic, bro. Like they are going to talk about Keenan Allen's route running like he was. The best route running in the NFL. And like you could argue he has been. Yeah. Sometimes realize we have the same birthday, me and Keenan. April 27th, let's go. But he's delete that from the pod, Quinn. I don't want that comment on the pod. <laughs> he's AJ Green tier. Because he's better he than AJ Green. Injured a lot early on in his career. He only has 7,397 receiving yards right now for his career. He's 29. So you better play four more high level years to get in. At least. Derwin, not on pace, hurt, but good. Healthy. What we saw from his rookie on pace. I also wouldn't say, because you brought it up, what? That uh, Tyron Smith, when healthy, was objectively the best tackle in the NFL, you know, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't, and you've said Derwin James, when healthy, is the best safety in the NFL. Yeah. But I don't think people objectively think that. No, no, it's, that one's more of a debate, but yeah. I, I believe it. No, I, well, I'm I mean, saying he needs to get to that point, though. I don't believe it. It's he true, needs to get no. to that point where, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, people think. Fuck a football field. Yeah, fair. Fair. Chris Harris Jr. PFF Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's definitely PFF Hall of he's Fame. He's not getting the actual Hall of Fame, sadly. Now, should he be? Yeah. Yeah. He should be. I mean, he was up there with Patrick Pierce and Richard. He's Sherman. also a friend of the pod. 
Richard and Patrick Pearson probably better candidacies, but he's he was third over the past decade. Mm-hmm. Legitimate candidacy. Joey Bosa on pace. Last for, team here. Sure. Our the Las Vegas Raiders. This is another the, this, rough the, I was gonna say the name I wrote is almost sad because it was an afterthought for agency. The only other name I even considered here was Colt Miller. Just because he's the you know, high pedigree, big payday. I mean, Richie Incognito has a better candidacy than <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> um, formerly Rodney Hudson. We didn't talk about Rodney Hudson for the Cardinals. Oh, shit. I think Rodney Hudson could be a legit that's what I mean. on-pace type of player. Maybe Close. even a lock. Close. For Raiders, Casey Hayward. I don't even Casey know if Casey Hayward. Hayward's a lock. But I don't think Casey Hayward's getting in. Man, he had. He's writing up the best rookie seasons of all time, which was a fun conversation. And I forgot, not forgot, but he had an, he had the highest coverage grade as a rookie, but he was just a slot. And the Packers then said, okay, yeah, you're just our slot receiver, cornerback. And didn't ever try him on and the then, fucking no, outside. The, 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 and that was rough. I guess they tried him on the outside his fourth year. Then he, he got hurt. Then they finally tried him on the outside. And he was good, not exceptional, but then goes to the Chargers. And is like best cornerback in the NFL from day one. Oh. They let him walk for nothing, too. The Six money million. he got from the Chargers Six was million. nothing. That was, that, was, that was like every single blog's best underrated free agent signing that also came true because he was lights out for the Chargers. I have one of my favorite articles I ever wrote. It said, February 24th, 2016, re-signing Casey Hayward top priority for Packers and free agency. It's the article I wrote. Rip. Rip. Not enough people read it. And you're a part owner of the Packers too. The fact that you didn't have pull on that is interesting. Yeah, I know. This was a fun exercise. I originally doubted it as a fun exercise, but it was fun. I think it was a little high level, a little fluffy, but I had a good time. Yeah. The Gabe Jackson probably was my favorite comment, my favorite favorite part of this. And I also think you, I think it does when help Gabe you really. Gabe Jackson puts on a gold jacket someday. I will. I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> it'll be absurd. You're going to all right? I'm going to get a Gabe Jackson tattoo on my neck. You're going to have to go neck. work for Pro Football Network. <laughs> all right. No more shots at any other networks, please. Um, we're going to the interviews now with Nick Wolovich and Neil Brown, West Virginia and Washington State. Let's get it. Now joining the 2-4-1 Drafts podcast is current Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich. You're a Cali guy. I always, anytime I get Cali guys on the podcast, I have to bring it up how good the weather is in California. You're from Daly City originally. You also went to Hawaii, so uh, you obviously had some some good weather there as well. How's the weather you know, differ in Washington State and, and Pullman, Washington there? Oh, the seasons are much more extreme, right? <laughs> nice, nice spring, nice summer, nice fall, and then you kind of got to buckle down through winter and, and enjoy it, but it's... Uh, you know, it's nice changing up where Hawaii was always, you know, the same and nice. And, uh, you know, I think it's I'm, I'm, I'm all about change and, and seeing the enjoying the area that we are living in and respecting it and learning about it and all that. So I've learned a lot about the harvest season and all the stuff going on up here. That's awesome, man. I remember, you know, I went to San Diego State. The weather was always, you know, that sunny in 75 cliche. You go to Cincinnati. I live in Cincinnati now. You have to actually check your weather app before you leave the house. Like it could be, <laughs> it could be snowing. It could be whatever. So, uh, well, let's get to Washington State football. I really want to talk specifically to start about the quarterback room, specifically the quarterback competition you have there. Obviously, true sophomore Delora, you know, the transfer, Jared Quant- Guarantano. I know you're still kind of chasing to see reps from all those guys. have only been in pads for a few days now. What's the update you have from that room and just the talent you have? And I guess speak to the the development and the relationships you've grown with Delora and Guarantano? Well, I think you got to throw Cam Cooper in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been a, it's been a good battle, not consistent enough from anyone. Uh, I told them yesterday that, 
you know, I'm going to be honest with them. I'm probably going to heat up on them tomorrow at the scrimmage and, and see how they respond with some adversity. Um, I, I, their effort is there. Um, what we with the expanded training camp with the super seniors, we've have been able to do some more uh, two spot practices where you're able to get some more reps going on, and I think that's been beneficial, especially for our young guys. But um, they're all very different, and, and what, with our offense, you that that's okay. You can kind of take it and mold it your own way um, to some extent, and kind of make it you know your own. Um, different throws they like, different concepts for zones they like you know, the accuracy and catchability of the ball and, 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 you know, being able to push the ball downfield, giving our guys a chance is important. Um, but you know, they're all, they're all battling some guy, but like I said, it's the consistency. Who's going to be the one that can move the ball down the field. Who's the one who, when they look at the huddle, um, they're the, the, the other 10 guys are going to see, um, belief in, in their eyes. Um, you know, they're, they're very different. You know, Jarrett's a guy who's been through a lot, uh, played a lot of football, been through a bunch of offenses. Um, I think he's enjoying our style of how we coach. Um, and, and I throw, think he throws a you, – you see his maturity and, and his game reps in, in how he deals when pocket breaks down or when those unscripted opportunities come. I think he's been very consistent with good decision-making there. Um, still needs to show some more comfort level within the offense and be consistent with it. Um, Jaden, you know, is has played some games for us, has played through the system in high school, um, has a good feel for what he likes and, and how to move zone defenders and things like that. Um, you know, we wanted to see him be a higher percentage of off script plays be um, positives. And, and I think he's done that in camp. Um, and, and also who, you know, for Jaden is, is how does he deal with adversity? You know, he's won a lot of football games in his life. Um, probably hadn't lost many since till last year. And so dealing with that as a, as a young guy in a, in a difficult time, uh, with COVID and everything was something we wanted to focus on this spring or this fall. Cam Cooper, you know, terrific athlete for for the size he is, um, has really, you know, he he was kind of a, and everyone is in their first year in this deal or first time running it. They're they're kind of a fish out of water, but he's he has really grown within the offense. Um, like I said, they're all a little bit different, but um, I'm I'm anticipating, you know, being able to use all three. And I think you got to go into a football season uh, thinking that way. Having three quarterbacks you feel like can get it done is, I think, how college football is going. So that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up, you know, how much or where college football is going. I think another part of it, too, I think I spoke to a handful of coaches that continue to speak to, you know, attacking space, throwing the football. It's a quarterback-driven league. And I think looking at your offense specifically, you know, a lot of 10 personnel looks, which is not unfamiliar to Washington State, also passing at a high volume on early downs. But something I found unique is just kind of the low rate of play action. You know, you're running, you know, I think bottom, you know, 20 play action rates and stuff like that, obviously a part of that run and shoot. But what yeah. what do you feel, you know, with, with you know, what do you feel like you benefit from, by limiting kind of the play action rates compared to other offenses. And also, I guess, speak to where you feel the offense is going or where offenses in, in college football are going. Well, you know, I think at some point, you know, and it probably has its own category, but the the RPO element mm -hmm. of the offense, um, in, in my opinion, has a little bit of that play action element to Effect, it. Effect, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And, and, and yes, it's not traditional, you know, waggle or boot or something like that, but you know, it has a little bit of that 
that element to it in my mind. So um, I think when Coach Stutz kind of brought that to the offense, we've 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 gotten better. We've been a little bit more um, unpredictable, and having that that runner pass deal i think that's basically you know just a number count get the box right and get this thing blocked up and see who you're reading so that, that that's been i mean i think we've seen it all explode throughout college football mm-hmm. um you know where it's going i think you're seeing um you know when i was talking to some nfl scouts who were out of practice the other day you know where'd the sam linebacker go right <laughs> so where'd the sam linebacker go you're not seeing as much i mean we'll see some in this league probably more than and, but they were talking about in the NFL, you know, that Sam linebacker position is kind of a lost deal, you know, so you're, you're higher level of DBs, you're bringing into the program and developing um, because of what, where offenses have taken it. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I want to speak to Max Borgie. Obviously didn't have yeah. him a ton this past year, only I think one game in 2020 due to injury and obviously the COVID impacted season and the running back position specifically, even going back to your time at Hawaii is, is just such an important component of the passing attack. And Max Borgie, you know, one of the more talented pass catching backs or running backs overall in college football, I guess, how important is it to get Max back healthy and him involved in this offense? Well, very much so, especially because he's got a, uh, an opportunity to go to the next level. You know, we want him to have a wonderful year. I think, you know, with the uncertainty at the quarterback position right now, it is probably comforting for the staff to know that they got Max and Dion back there. And the Kia Watson's a transfer that's coming. who's done a nice job, but you know, that element with combined with the offensive line, um, you know, I think that's a good position for us to be in. And we got some young receivers making plays, but Max is so explosive. Um, it, everything he does whether it's rehab or prehab or um, film study, it, it it's at a real, you know, you hate to say professional level, but I think he does things at a level that will be successful when he moves up. One more player on the offensive side of the ball, and then I had a few questions defensively. But Abraham Lucas, he's been a guy yeah. that has graded really, really well for PFF in PFF system. Also has such a such a high volume of you know legitimate true pass sets. You know he has been mm-hmm. in this offense for a while. You throw the football a ton, and that experience I think obviously speaks volumes to just how talented he's been and and how successful he's been across a very big sample size. I guess you know speak to his development at Washington State, and I guess the expectations you have for Lucas this upcoming season. Well. Yeah, definitely seen growth in, in Abe, who was a wonderful player when, when we got here, um, gifted with unbelievable physical ability. Um, you know, I don't think you can mention Abe without mentioning, you know, Liam Ryan, who has also played a lot of football here. Um, very good um, leaders of the O-line room. But Abe, incredibly talented, incredibly talented. But I think he's really enjoyed the shift in offense. Um, I think it's, you know, challenged him to learn something new. And I think he feels that preparing him better for the next level. I mean, he's, I mean, you don't see many guys that look like Abe Lucas. I mean, mm-hmm. with his, whether it's just the, the sheer proportion of his body for his weight and, and height, or it's his at, at effortless athleticism. Um, you know, he, you know, people, people, I mean, I don't know if we've had 12 scouts come through already camp and, you know, well, that's what they're supposed to look like, Coach. I said, yeah, I know. I know you guys would like him. And, um, and the best thing about him is the is the person he is. You know, he he's he's no nonsense. He's 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 true to who he is, and, and that's in all facets. And and he's very consistent in how he approaches practice every day. You know, it's not oh, let's get Abe out of his lot. Abe is one of the first guys out there every day. I mean, there's there's a lot of good things that small details that that people don't see that make him uh, the player he is, I think. 
one more question for you, Coach. And I'll let you go. There's two tandems on the defense side of the ball that I think everyone wants to pay you know special attention to. The cornerback position, you got Jalen Watson, Caleb Ford, Dement, and then up front, Ron Stone Jr. and Brennan Jackson, two you know the edge players up front. I guess do you expect those guys to be the clear cut leaders for that defense? And I guess how much do you expect this defense to kind of take a step forward with the talent that those players bring in 2021? Oh, I think a lot. I think we got to get the, the third down. You know, we got to get some some good third down situations to to kind of unleash those guys, those two rushers that you mentioned, plus Willie Taylor. Um, I really like our young edges that are coming up. You know, and and you know the investment they've made. I think RJ and, and BJ have really taken that room and almost adopted those young young edges we got coming in. And um, you know, we we got to see what those young guys can do early in camp, and they've been so far been impressive. Um, but you look at Jalen Watson, who is, you know, another guy, when you look at him, uh, he, you can tell that he, he's got a chance to go, um, and what he's been through and what he's fought through to get to this point, um, is, is, I, I don't know many people that, you know, some could do it because they're driven, but he is, you know, I like seeing good things happen to people who fight through and, and, and deal with things. And I think he'll be a, a guy the NFL really likes too. You mentioned Caleb. Um, joined us this this uh, this summer. Um, made a couple plays yesterday in camp that were that were awesome. But you know, I think we've got uh, more depth at the corner position than than I've been used to. You know, whether it's Chris Jackson, uh, Shaw Smith, De- uh, Derek, Derek Langford. I mean, you've got we've got about five or six guys we feel good about, and that's a that's a positive going into camp or into the season. Fantastic stuff, Coach. Really appreciate the time, and I wish you the best of luck this upcoming season. Thanks, awesome. Appreciate it. Now joining the 2 for 1 Drafts podcast is current West Virginia head coach, Neil Brown. Neil, great to have you on the show. Really appreciate the time. Glad to do it. Appreciate you having me on. Yesterday was the first full day of pads. I know you guys were in shells before, and I think you spoke to this in a recent press conference saying you don't really get to see real football until the pads come on. How was yesterday? How was today? How are things progressing? Are you seeing what you want to see? And maybe do you have any highlights, any specific highlights from the, the first full days of practice? Yeah, so the NCAA mandates that you have an acclimatization period. And so yesterday was our first opportunity. It was practice six, but it was our first opportunity to be in full pads. Um, the first two days that you are um, that you go, you're, you have to be in helmets only, and then you're what we call uppers, which is shoulder pads and helmets only. You're able to have those. And, like, you can tell when you practice in shells, like, what kind of players certain guys are. What it's really hard, it's hard to evaluate – guys when they're just have helmets on and so yesterday being our first full pad of practice we did a go line period um we did a red zone we didn't tackle to the ground i, just, I think you got to be careful because i don't think our guys are ready for that yet um but we did a go line period uh, we did an inside run period we really focused on the physicality piece because um, you have to do that you can't just show up in game one and decide oh yeah we're going to be a physical football team you got to do that but you got to do it intelligently um and so i i would say the highlight uh, yesterday's practice um, where offensively I thought the offense we did a goal line period that the offense won convincingly and then we did a two-minute end of game scenario that I thought the defense prevailed so um, a little bit of give and take was what you is what you want in a fall camp setting you don't want one side to be dominant 
100%. I would agree with you there. I think another question I have off of that is I think when the when the pads come out, and I remember this from playing high school football, there's always a handful of guys, the high energy guys that are craving the pads, trying to get, you know, trying to, you know, get aggressive in the first time you really feel football. Do you have any players that stood out from an energy perspective? Did you see a different animal from any of your guys uh, yesterday or uh, the day before? Well, I think the the offensive lineman, um, yeah, our center, our starting center, Zach Frazier, um, he's a former wrestler. Um, uh, one of our best guys in the weight room. He loves practicing football. He loves football, period, but he loves practicing football, which is even different than loving the games. He loves practicing. And I thought he was extremely physical yesterday. I thought on defense, um, we've got a defensive end, Ty's Austin, who's been out with an injury uh, over the last two years, but he's back. And, and having something taken away from you and then being able to come back and, and experience it again, uh, like he's doing, um, because he got hurt in our third game, or excuse me, our uh, second game in 2019. Missed all 19, was only able to play two games last year once he came back from an Achilles injury. Um, you know, he's got sheer joy practicing, and that's contagious. Um, those two guys probably are what sticks out to me, one from each side of the ball. You bring up offensive line. Was it the first opportunity you got to see Doug Nestor, the transfer there uh, along the offensive line, him in pads? How has that development been? How has that relationship you've had with him grown? Well, he's been here since January. So we went through spring, and um, he's he's more comfortable than he was at any point during the spring. We think he's got the capabilities of being a high-level Big 12 offensive lineman. He's definitely a big piece for us. Um, he, he, he His home's here in West Virginia. Um, you know, we didn't get here in time uh, to really recruit him. Uh, out of high school, uh, but when we went in the portal, we were we were extremely excited about the opportunity to get him back home uh, and playing for the Mountaineers, and he's excited about it, and he's ready to resume his career, and, and he's going to be extremely productive for us. All right, let's draw a spotlight to the quarterback. Jarrett Dagey, a guy that has graded really well in PFF system over the years, a guy that I think can develop into one of the premier signal callers in the Big 12. I guess, what would you say the next step for him is and what are your expectations for him in 2021? Discuss kind of his development and the relationship you've you know, grown or had with him over the years. Well, he, he's 8-5 he's as a starter here. He started 13 games here and he's 8-5. And... Five. Um, and most of those most of those wins have been Big 12 wins, um, and so he's done that with. Um, in 19, the three games he started, uh, we struggled up front, uh, struggled mightily to run the football, and then in 2020, we we played three. We started three true freshmen, um, and a sophomore on the offensive line, um, and then we've played either first or second year guys at receiver, and we've had a dr high drop percentage. Um, at that position. So he's won eight games and outside of, of Letty Brown, Letty Brown, our starting running back has been his only consistent help. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're much improved up front. We returned all three of the freshmen that, that started last year. Uh, we signed one of the top offensive tackles in the country and Wyatt Milam, who's again, a West Virginia guy. Um, he'll be able to contribute early. We have a kid that we registered last year in Jordan White, that is going to be a heavy contributor for us. And then Doug Nestor, you've already talked about, so our offensive line is going to be better. Uh, we have more depth at running back behind Letty Brown. Our tight ends have improved. And then our receivers, I think that going into year three, for most of them playing, um, I think consistency is the word for them. And I think that, and I really believe that they will be more consistent. So the better we are around him is going to make him better um, because he's been efficient. He didn't turn the football over. Last year we won, we won games because of our defense, and we didn't turn the football over. 
Um, and that's a, that's a credit to him. And now he's more accurate. He's, he's changed his body, his pocket movements better. Um, and I have high aspirations for him here in, uh, in 2021. Yeah. Situation is so important at the collegiate level. I'm glad you spoke to the receiving core. I want to talk a little bit about the depth you have at that position for Wheaton, Reese Smith, Sam Brown, but here at PFF, we are massive fans of Winston, Wright. We feel he could be a legit number one for this West Virginia offense and a name to know in college football. I'd love to hear kind of what you have planned for him from a usage standpoint. He's a unique player and what he can bring to the table. How do you plan on using him effectively and getting him his touches? And I guess overall expectations for Winston, Wright. Yeah, my expectations are extremely high for him. We're going to get him the ball in a, in a bunch of different ways offensively. We're going to use him in both both aspects of the return game. Um, he's got the opportunity. He's added weight and, when, and, and strength has come with that, but also more explosiveness. And I think he's going to be able to break tackles at a higher pace than he did a year ago. Um, I agree. I think he is he is primed to, to be one of the better receivers in our conference. And I'm excited for his growth. He showed flashes last year. Um, and again, like the rest of our group, he's got to be more consistent. Um, but his daily actions say that he is going to be. He's been really good in our winter program, really good in our summer program. He was our best receiver clearly throughout spring ball. Um, and he's had a good fall camp up to this point. So my my expectations for him are high, but also his teammates and his own personal expectations are high too. And he's paid the price. You know, you're a former receiver yourself. I talked to you know PJ Fleck about this and other you know former receivers that are now college coaches about what they feel is coachable at the wide receiver position. I guess where you could see receivers improve the most at the collegiate and NFL level, and then what are those aspects of the receiver position that are uncoachable? Things that you need naturally. I know athleticism is a part of that size and these things, but what do you feel are most coachable or most those those attributes or those characteristics at the receiver position where you can most improve? I know you speak a ton to consistency, consistency off the field and on the field, but when you're you know, approaching coaching a wide receiver, where do you feel like there's so much opportunity to improve these guys? Well, I think there's opportunities to improve everything outside of length. Okay. Um, what we try to focus on a lot early on, especially is your initial burst, your ball get off, your stance to start, your initial push off the ball, because that is so important. Um, if you run a four five or you run a four four, you run a four seven. It need, you need to be at full speed at your very beginning. And that's where you want to threaten people's space, okay? Because um, you think about what's a defensive back's job. You know, if you wanted to do it just real quick, just keep the ball in front of them, right? And so if you want to threaten them, you got to be able to push off the ball. So I think that's something we spend a lot of time on. Um, catching the football is something um, that I think you can go maybe from below average to average or average to good or good to great. I don't know if you go below average to great, okay? Um, we spend a lot of time with hand placement and not in, in having your feet in the ground catching the football. Those two aspects are coachable. Um, and then the route running piece, um, I don't know. You, you'll get more explosive as you get stronger. Um, but are you going to can, – can you coach, like, being able to burst away from somebody? I, I would probably say not. But what you can do is you can teach all the ta tactics that allow you to win – at what we call the junction point, which is when the defense is trying to engage and you're trying to disengage. Um, so you can teach and, and coach those aspects of how to win at that junction point. Um, and so that, that hopefully that answered your question, but those are some generalities on, on things I think are coaching. And, and the bottom line is I think you can improve on everything other outside of, of just natural length.
Yeah, that absolutely answered my question. That's fantastic. A couple questions on the defense side of the ball, and I'll let you go, Coach. Really appreciate the time. We're, we're pretty stoked to see year two of Alonzo Aday. You know, obviously transferred from New Hampshire, had decent success or at least immediate success, even with a COVID-impacted offseason this past year. You know, projected starter for this West Virginia defense, a projected leader for this defense. I guess, you know, I, I keep asking expectations for these players, but Aday, I think he has a real opportunity to take a significant year two jump in the Big 12. Yeah, Alonzo um... – First of all, he was drafted by the he, – he's a Canadian guy. He was drafted for the CFL. Um, he came back. He's a super senior, one of the few super seniors we have. But he came uh, with the intention of of, put, of stacking years. He had a great year one here. Um, and and we fully expect him to have an even better year in year two. He's one of our leaders. He probably is the leader in the secondary, one of our leaders overall defensively and uh, as far as our entire team is concerned. Extremely heady player. Um He's a solid tackler, a former corner, so he understands coverage skills. Um, he communicates. He's the one that gets all our guys aligned in the back end. Um, he was productive, too, um, and he's got great energy. Again, when you talk about energy, I always talk about being contagious, and his energy is contagious, um, and, and we do. We believe he can be an all-conference player, and I thought he played at that level last year, and I think he'll continue to do that. I also want to talk about uh, Jordan Leslie, defensive coordinator there. I think we saw West Virginia top 20 defense in EPA per play allowed, or I guess defensive efficiency. He's the guy that you brought over from Troy. Him already having the impact he's had on this defense and in the Big 12, I think has surprised people. Obviously earned that contract extension recently as well. What specifically or what uniqueness does Leslie bring to the defense side of the ball that, you know, I guess you know, brought that vote of confidence in that contract extension, what you feel like has ha allowed him to hit the ground running? Well, he's, he's surrounded by a great group of assistant coaches and support staff on the defense side of the ball, and I think he'd be the first one to say that. Um, the communication and, and them working together is it is is at a high level. Um, we've got good players, which second thing you'd say, we got good players. But just talking about Jordan in particular, he's got experience at all three levels of the defense. Uh, he's been in this system um, both as a graduate assistant and as a position coach, multiple positions, and now as a coordinator. Um, and one thing that, that we always talk about from a leadership perspective, he has expertise, um, expertise in the system. He knows the answers, you know, and what I, people always, always talk about this as far as football is you got to, it's one thing to know the scheme, but you got to know what your problems are. And he does understand what the problems are and, and how to get them, how to get them fixed in, in, in game situations. Um, I think he's extremely humble and he's a great teacher. Um, and on top of that, um, he relates well with the guys. They enjoy playing with him or playing, playing for him and playing with or allowing him to coach them. And so um, I think that, you know, is, is, is a lot of the reasons behind the success he had last year and the success he'll continue to have in his career. Coach, really appreciate the time. This has been fantastic. It was great to meet you and have you on the show. We'll have to make our way out to West Virginia because I need to get at one of these games. Stadium, no one in the fans last year or no one in the stands last year. We got fans in the stands this year. We'll have to make it out for a game. Yeah, you better get here early enough to tailgate and expect to stay a while after the game because tailgating experience, um, I've been told. I haven't been able to do it. So <laughs> I count upon that if you do that before the game. But uh, um, our game days are special, and, and, and you're welcome to come. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of 2-4 Drafts. Make sure you tune in to the rebrand.
August 23rd, one more week of shows on 2.4 Drafts, and then we rebrand to the new name, the new colors, the new everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're super excited for this college football season. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Always our producers, Mike Quinn and Max Chadwick, Mike Renner, Austin Gale, 2 for 1 Drafts. Hey.